Welcome to Church Experience Online. We're so happy you joined us today. As you watch this teaching video, if you have any questions or need help getting connected, please don't hesitate to reach out by phone or email. Also, our website is the best place to go if you would like to access helpful Growth Steps resources, join a serving team, connect in a life group, get your questions answered, or support this movement financially by giving online. At the end of this teaching video, you'll hear one of our Church Experience Worship original songs, and we hope that gives you an opportunity to worship and reflect on what you learned. Thanks again for joining us at Church Experience Online. So great seeing you guys, and I love what we did earlier in the welcome time, and we just said welcome home, because you know what? This is a family, and this, this means so much to me. I love seeing you guys every week, and th this really is my family, my church family. Uh, our families, our biological families, we love them so much, but they're over a thousand miles away, and one of the hardest parts about leaving to go follow the calling we felt like God was prompting us to follow was to move away from everything familiar and to come to a new place with new people, and so you guys have literally become our family, and and giving us such roots here in this community. And so I love you guys. And, and those of you who are new joining us, welcome home. We're glad you're part of the family too. You know, when, when we were beginning this church, I, I remember just begging God, God, please provide, please help make this possible. We were in a living room and then we, we grew to the lobby of the high school and just had a, a few people. And, and I was just saying, God, please, we, we need your help. We need your provision. I was fasting, I was praying. And I went to a church planting conference, and there was a few thousand people there at this conference. And I was in the hallways, and one of my friends, who's been a good friend of mine now for several years, texted me and said, hey, Brandon, I want to introduce you to somebody. Are you free? So I said, yeah, I am. And I met him up in the lobby, and he introduced me to Pastor Steve Stroop. Pastor Steve Stroop pastors Lake Point Church in Dallas, Texas, one of the largest churches in America, incredible man of God, a Christian author, just a great guy. And I met him there for the first time. He gave me a copy of his book. And I said, wow, thank you so much. He asked me a little bit about what I'm doing and said, I'm planning a church. And keep in mind, I had been praying for months and months and months for this church plant. We were just beginning to start. Well, he says, Brandon, hey, why don't you come with me back into the speaker's lounge? I didn't even know there was a speaker's lounge, all right? So he's like, come on in the back and I want to spend some time together. And so all of a sudden I go from like just hanging out at the conference with these thousands of people to uh, being with this, this amazing man of God, Christian author, leading pastor in our country. And, and we're back in this room and there's all these people that are, I'm seeing on stage and I'm like, wow, this is what they do. <laughs> it's like they're back here hanging out and we're, they're talking. And I was just inspired by the whole environment, just getting to be around all these incredible leaders and godly men and women. And, and then before I know it, uh, one of his staff members, one of his pastors uh, started asking me what felt like interview type questions. Like, man, this is kind of weird. Like, what's going on? He's, he's really digging deep and pressing in. And, and so I'm answering his questions. And before, before I know it, I'm in a conversation with a few people. And they're saying, hey, why don't you come to dinner with us tonight, Brandon? I'm like, well, I'd I love to. You know, I, my, my schedule's free. <laughs> Let's do it. And so they invited me to this really nice steak restaurant over in Orlando. I'm there around a table with about a dozen people. I come to find out as the night went on that I'm here with, these are all like mega church pastors from around the country. I find out later looking back on it, they came to the conference looking for a few church planners among the thousands that they would want to get behind and support. And the night goes on, I'm asking questions. I'm just taking notes, learning. I just know this is a great opportunity I got pulled into. I'm just learning. That's all I'm thinking at this point and, and, and getting to know these guys. So inspired, so amazed, blown away. I'm filling up notebook pages with all I'm learning at the dinner table. I can hardly even like eat my food because I'm having so much fun learning. And by the end of the night, God had formed several relationships with three of the, the guys in that table that uh, were pastoring all churches you would, you would have heard of around the country, amazing churches, that all three of them ended up supporting our church financially. Still great mentoring relationships with me today, great friendships. And I look back on that and I think, man, the power of an invitation I think it was all backed by prayer and it was backed by God doing something that God was birthing and it came out of that quiet space with just him and I. But, but I, I feel like uh, the power of an invitation, one, one text message, hey man, I want to introduce you to somebody. 
And that introduction led to another introduction, which led to some other introductions, which made this church actually possible. And I, and I think about that. I'm like, man, that changed my life. That changed so many lives. 186 adults we've baptized, uh, 186 people we've baptized since this church began. It's amazing that lives have been transformed through an invitation. And there was a lot of invitations that helped make this church possible, of course, and you were invited by someone that you heard about it and you showed up. And, and I was just thinking, you know, we're in a new place. And last week, someone came up to me after one of the services and they said, hey, you know, what? I went to the high school because <laughs> I didn't know you were here. And, and then I, I found out and I made my way over. And, and I was just kind of laughing because I'm like, man, we sent out a mailer. We sent out an email. We put it on social media. We did this mass call thing that sent everybody's voicemail. Like we, we did everything we could. We announced it for weeks in a row that we were moving and someone still went there. I thought, man, there's nothing like a personal invitation for you and I to like reach out to our friends and say, hey, a little text. Hey, can, I would like to introduce you to somebody. Because really, isn't that what you're doing when you're inviting someone to a church? You're inviting them to a relationship. You're, you're introducing them to sit down at the table. And, and it's not a steak dinner table. It, it's, it's, it's a table with a, a, a buffet of the best food you can possibly get, spiritual food that changes and transforms lives. And so here's what I'm saying. Like, like we're going to do our best to continue. We, we have incredible social media at our church, and the people that do that send the messages out. And we, we do a lot of things to kind of spread the word as we can as a church together. But your personal invitation, a, a message to somebody, say, hey, why don't you come sit with me? What you're really doing is you're, you're introducing them to their creator, to their father who loves them. You're introducing them to someone that's going to change their whole life. So I'm just saying there's nothing like a, power, a, a personal invitation that's powerful. Who are you going to invite this fall? Who are you praying for? Because like my story earlier, it began in prayer. Who are you praying for that, man, I want the best for them. And the best thing I can give them is a personal relationship with Jesus that changes lives. Man, I, I just, I hope you'll join me in that in this fall season. And, and let's together, let's, let's, let's see God work through the power of an invitation and people who are spiritually lost, who don't know Jesus, coming back to the Father and being saved and changed so they can sing what we just sang. I'm a child of God. I'm a child of God. Right on? Well, hey, I'm, I'm so excited about continuing this teaching series that we have been in called Unfollow. And the reason I love this series is because you have directed it. You filled out cards, if you were here a few weeks ago, and you dropped them in buckets at the end of the service. And I have just been amazed and humbled and blown away and all kinds of things just by reading through these cards and praying through them and saying, God, what do you want me to teach on? And seeing how the stacks kind of came together as I sorted through them. Uh, it, it really was clear to me there was a number of talk, topics I had to address because of how prevalent they were. And when one of the topics that we're going to talk about today, I'll be honest up front, it's a little uncomfortable. And, 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 and it, it was, I mean, it, it probably dominated. Uh, it, it was, if, if not the top, it was one of the top topics that you guys said, this is something I'm trying to unfollow. I am trying to leave this behind so that I can follow Jesus. And that was the topic of sex and purity. Because here's what you guys wrote. You, you said, you, you wrote, and I have the cards right here in front of me. You said, I want to unfollow things like sex and pornography, worldly standards of beauty, identity, and sex. Someone wrote pornography and addiction, porn, sex, dating and romantic relationships, men that don't honor me, pornography, relationship rejections, <clears throat> not feeling wanted or loneliness, the perfectly fit body, a couple people literally named the first name of a person. I'm just trying to unfollow them. I can only assume what that means. Um, <clears throat> see ya. <laughs> Lustful thoughts, the way of the world, self-focus, self-centeredness, being selfish, uh, money, sex. Uh, this person said, I'm going to unfollow my love life, <laughs> just abandoning the whole thing. And, and, you know, just reading through those cards, I was like, man, God, we, we have a we have an important, important topic here that, that, that God, thank you that you say so much about in your word, and I just, I want to be faithful to present it in, in a way that's helpful, because it's a gift from God, but the devil, like, he loves to do distorts things like purity and turns it into impurity, and he takes what should be a beautiful thing, sexual pleasure made for procreation and enjoyment in a marriage relationship between a man and a woman, and he turns it and flips it into something that can be even destructive, and that's what he loves to do. He loves to lie to us. And it's just eye-opening to see the damage that's being done and that can be done through impurity. And, you know, this is something that can ruin your life and the lives of others. 
And maybe you'd say it today, maybe this is not a huge issue for me, but I guarantee you it's, a, it's an issue for someone uh, not only around you, but somebody that you live with, work with, uh, related to. There's people in your life that deal with it if it's not you, but chances are that you deal with this personally because the majority of people have wrestled with this in some way, shape, or form, and every person has to deal with the topic in their life. And so it's very relevant. And you know, I want to begin by a quote uh, from a British writer named Oscar Wilde. He wrote this later in life while he was actually in prison for a couple of years, and he wrote this letter to his homosexual lover. And, and he, he left a wife and two kids for this lover of his. And he wrote a letter about the consequences when self is spent on self. And he says, he, he literally wrote, he goes, desire at the end was a malady or a madness or both. He goes, I, I grew careless of the lives of others. I took pleasure where it pleased and I passed on. I forgot that every little action of the common day makes and unmakes character. And that therefore uh, what one has done in the secret chamber, one has someday to cry aloud on the housetop. I ceased to be Lord over myself. I was no longer the captain of my soul, and I did not know it. I allowed pleasure to dominate me. I ended in horrible disgrace. You know, sexual impurity can lead to destruction in any way, shape, or form. And here's someone who's saying, I, I use this form of uh, pleasure, sexual pleasure, for my own gain, and I was selfish, and it ruined, uh, and I don't know if he's talking about his wife and children that he left or who he's talking about, but he's saying, I, I've, I've ruined others and myself in the process. And that's what, that's what sex can do if it's mishandled. And that's why God writes so much about it in Scripture. In Romans chapter 6, verse 12, for example, it says, Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body so that you obey its evil desires. Do not offer any part of yourself to sin as an instrument of wickedness, but rather offer yourselves to God as those who have been brought from death to life and offer every part of yourself to him um, as an instrument of righteousness. So God wants us to use our bodies to bring honor to him, every part of our lives for his benefit, for his glory, not for our own gain. So let's talk about this important issue. And, if, and for the, the large majority of this, this message, I, I want to... Um, I want you to hear one of the best messages I've heard on this topic, bar none, from a mentor of mine and a friend of mine, Pastor Kevin Myers, is he's going to lead us through the notes that you have in front of you, and then I'm going to come back up at the end and wrap it up with some application. So let's, dump, let's jump in. Well, looking for love in online dating, it's a multi-billion dollar industry, and I've been reading up on it online. I've been checking out the dating sites. Now, because I'm looking, mind you, but just doing my research for the weekend teaching with eHarmony and Match.com and Love Struck and Plenty of Fish and on and on the list goes. And you get all kinds of advice there as well. In fact, they give some advice for singles who are in the search for love. If you're looking for love, here's their advice. Make home a four-letter word. Here it is. Let me just read it to you, just among the interesting advice they give. Home is a four-letter word now. Here's what you have to say to yourself. I will get off the couch and out of my house, even when I'm exhausted from work or would rather lounge around in sweats. I need to put my energy into meeting someone because the odds are it won't just happen. Well, hey, if you're, if you're looking for love in the dating arena, then you're part of a billion-dollar industry. And you know how they mark success on their sites? When you get married. That's right. When you get married, that is their success. You have now found love. And all of us know that once you get married, well, marriage meets all your expectations, doesn't it? Of course it does. And that's why this little piece of film put together by our creative team might feel a bit familiar in marriage. Check it out. Sam, nice going. Thank you. Tell him. Why? Because Sam wrote two and a half paragraphs and I wrote 37 pages. Still. <laughs> oh, I knew it. You're cheating on me. No. Yeah, you are. Netflix cheating. That's not even a thing. That's totally a thing. You're on episode seven by now? Seventeen? Seven. You monster. Anything good happen yet? No. Hey, uh, hey babe? Hmm? You know what today is? It's Wednesday. Oh, honey, you know I'd love to, but I'm just so exhausted. 
but it's Wednesday. Yeah. No, it's been a long day. That doesn't mean it's gotta be over, right? Okay. You know what? Wait right here. I have an idea. What idea? I'm too sexy for my love. Too sexy for my love. Love's going to leave. Yeah. Let's show me some more. You like this? Oh, those clothes are so dirty. So dirty. And they need to be put in their designated hampers. It's getting steamy over here. Ooh, what are you doing now? Just making sandwiches for the kids. Don't forget the mustard. I would never. Don't forget to scrub under the lid. Yeah. Got it, honey. Thank you, sweetie. Okay. They're fresh out the dryer. I used fabric softener, and I triple folded the towels just like you like them. So, come here, you big lug. Babe. 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 That's awesome. And probably familiar. Because the question comes once you get married, has it met all your expectations? In fact, really, we can kind of say when you get married, you're all done looking for love, right? Wrong. Because statistics tell us that many, if not most, of us who are married end up looking for love in all the wrong places. Just listen into these statistics. Just one in particular ought to capture our attention. In this country, in America alone, in the first decade of the 2000s, adultery in this country doubled. Did you hear me? Adultery doubled. And of course, the flow of pornography continues. And mama porn becomes more and more acceptable. And what becomes obvious to all of us is that getting married doesn't remove the temptation to impurity. The battle continues. Now that's not new to our culture. We all, we all kind of know that, don't we? See, 3,500 years ago, God had the conversation with the nation of Israel. When he released them from Egypt and was on the way to bring them into the promised land, he told them the top ten, the Ten Commandments. And among the Ten Commandments, things like, do not covet your neighbor's spouse. Among the Ten Commandments, do not commit adultery. This stuff was being addressed thousands of years ago because when you're looking for love in all the wrong places, all kinds of things become at risk in marriage. Even 2,000 years ago when Jesus walked the earth, God in human flesh, Jesus talked about staying pure in marriage, in life. In fact, when you get into the New Testament church there decades later, the majority of the letters to the church were talking about how to stay pure, dealing with impurity temptations even in marriage. In fact, by the time you get near the end of the New Testament in the book of Hebrews, it delivers some impressive wisdom for us, God's design. Everybody across campus, grab your Bibles, would you? Let's just grab our Bibles. Let's turn over there to the book of Hebrews. We're going to be for a moment in Hebrews chapter 13. And now God is giving us, by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, some great encouragement, in fact, more than that, wisdom. And it'll tie right into our marriage. This is how you get a happy, healthy, winning, strong, long-lasting, loving marriage. And it's delivered in verse 4 in just a couple of sentences. Look at it with me. Marriage should be honored by all. Should be honored by who, everybody? 
all, marriage should be honored by all, and the marriage bed kept pure, for God will judge the adulterer and the sexually immoral. Now, God's teaching us something here, which is true from the beginning. Marriage. That is God's amazing design for us. This incredible gift that God has given to us of marriage. When God brings a man and a woman together and unites them as one. And this great gift of God, of, of sexual union, that is both for procreation and yet by God's great kindness, provides pleasure. And in that there, there comes this mysterious, this recognizable, emotional, physical, intimate, spiritual oneness. Oh, what a, what a beautiful thing God designed. Now marriage, he says, should be honored by all. Honored. <laughs> honored by all, including the married and the unmarried. He's speaking to single people. Honor marriage. In other words, when you're single, you don't do married things. And you honor those who are married. We, we take this beautiful design of God and we give it its appropriate context of honor. And part of how we do that is how? Keep the marriage bed pure. That is to say that by God's design, marriage, inside marriage, is the only God-honoring expression for sexual intimacy. Everything outside that is outside God's design. And he gets so specific here that he says that's true when it comes to the temptation of adultery. Or, or sexual immorality. That is to say, if, if you're married and, and you have a, a sexual intimacy with someone outside your marriage, it's adultery. But then on the other side, he's speaking to those who are single. And, and, and he says, if, if, you get, if you enter into sexual intimacy with somebody who's married, that's adultery. But if you enter into sexual intimacy with, with somebody who's not married, if you just live together, just casual sex, that's sexual immorality. Fornication is actually the root word. In other words, God's telling us we need to have a conversation about this, this whole temptation to sexual impurity. Because if you want a strong, winning, healthy, happy, long-lasting marriage, you're going to have to win purity, stay pure. So let's, let's talk about that. How, how do you stay pure? And, and before I can get into this conversation, I think we ought to chat for a moment about the culture in which we live. Because I think it's, it's fair to say we live in a, how do I say, a, a hypocritical culture. Here's what I mean. On one hand, our culture celebrates when somebody has a lifelong love, when they accomplish a lifelong marriage, when, when they've been married many, many years. My father-in-law, for example, married 58 years. Marsha's mom and dad. Oh, my goodness. Everybody would stand and applaud from, from Hollywood to New York. In, in any environment, whether it's the church or the civic center, people just, oh, my goodness, that's amazing. And I watched my, my father-in-law live out those years all the way to the end when his wife passed away, Marcia's mom, a couple of months ago. I watched her dad love, care for his wife in the last few years of dementia and Parkinson's. I'm telling you, that stuff marked me. I mean, it was humbling, and it was touching, and it was tearful, and it was exhausting, and it was self-sacrificing, and it was heroic love. And that's, that's, a, that's a heritage my wife gets. Man, and I just want to stand up and applaud. Now, nobody has a perfect marriage, and everybody has their ups and downs, and, 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 and nobody, nobody loves perfectly. I get that. But, but when we say from this day forward, it is to love and to cherish till death do us part. And I watched him live that well. And in our culture, that just gets celebrated. I mean, everybody just, oh, that is so unbelievably awesome. And here's why I say we live in somewhat of a hypocritical society, because simultaneously, our culture, that is the media and propaganda, on the other hand, will feed us a box of lies. They will simultaneously, while they celebrate long love, they will encourage and promote 
looking for love in all the wrong places. And from media to movies to propaganda to universities, they'll tell you, hey, it's just fun, harmless, and fulfilling. I mean, that's kind of talking out of both sides of your mouth, isn't it? And they'll look you dead in the face without flinching and say, you ought to look for love in all the wrong places. Let me illustrate. I, I've watched Jimmy Fallon on The Tonight Show play this game, and our, our family has watched several YouTubes uh, of this, where he brings a guest in, and, and when he brings a guest in, he, play, he plays a little game called Box of Lies. And, and Box of Lies is where they have a stack of boxes, and they have a variety of things, and, and neither Jimmy nor the guest knows actually what's in the box. And, and, and then they sit across from each other, across the table that has, has kind of a barrier, and then a little window where they can see each other, and, and they pull out a box, and there's something in the box nobody knows, and, and then they tell what's in the box, or they don't or they lie. And the other one has to guess without really knowing, is that person lying or are they telling the truth? It's a great little game. I want you to see just a moment of it because it leaves you wondering, are they telling the lie? Are they telling the truth? You're just not sure. Box of lies. Here's where Jimmy, for just, just one little clip, it engages with Emma Stone. Check it out. All right, which one? All right, five it is. Oh. It's really heavy. Oh my good, my back. <laughs> I can tell that was a faux <laughs> remark. <laughs> Very nice. <laughs> it's a plate with a <laughs> with a tiny squirrel <laughs> surfing. Not on a wave, he's surfing on a piece of lettuce. Can I ask a question? No. <laughs> You're telling the truth. No! Okay, I think that's just a lot of fun. In fact, what I really thought is it would be fun if we played Box of Lies. So the team literally put the whole setup together so that I could play at least one box worth of Box of Lies against the one and only Travis Billman. Everybody give it up for Travis Billman. Travis, come on out here. Thank Let's go, you. buddy. Thank come on, man. You. I've always Thank wanted you. to play this. And the Very only way excited. to play it is, uh, is, is right here. That's you right. and I. So uh, let, let's do that. We have no idea what's in the boxes. That, it's no absolutely idea. true. We really no don't. Clue. So exactly. we have no clue what's in the boxes. No. This is live. Yes. Not even rehearsed because you can't rehearse this. No. So which way do you want? Do you want me to get a box and, and mislead or ah. not? Or would you like a chance to mislead? I, I don't, I'll let you decide. Yeah, what, what do you I, want? Uh, you know, I've always wanted to lie directly to your face and not be fired, so I'd like the chance, <laughs> at least. Or tell the truth. You don't or know. I'm, I'm I a wild card. I won't know. That's fine. That's, That's fine. Right. We'll, let, All we'll right. let you go ahead and pick the box, awesome. so let's play it out. And All you right, can help them out. I will so. pick, uh, I'll pick box. I'll keep it simple. The one that's closest. I'll go box number one. All oh right. My. Box this, number one it is because heavy. you want to be number one, but that's I think right. at the end I'm going to be number well, one. we will find out. And I don't sir? even want a, a shot at, at oh, seeing this because I'm, I'm going to win on my own, so I'm just going to cover it such up Such a man of it. That's it. What? <laughs> okay, okay, I gotta, two hands, gotta lift this okay. thing out. All I'm right. still waiting because you're go. slow. No, I am. <laughs> you're hardly am. getting It is, uh, <laughs> all right, uh, can we get a good look at that here? Okay. All, all right. right, here we go. I, I gotta drink this in, hold okay. on. Uh, in your box. All right, what I have in my box is a steak New York Strip, if I'm not mistaken, covered in peanut butter with a little toothpick American flag sticking off the top. New York Strip covered in peanut butter with a new uh, uh, with a uh, American flag toothpick. You you have right out of the top. in your box a New York Strip covered with peanut butter. Right, keep looking at me because I want to see if a pastor can really bold face lie. Oh, that's a good look. 
No, well, that's really a good. A lot of practice. That's, for, that's a lot of practice. Does your wife know you've had a lot of practice? Okay, no let's questions. move on. All no right, questions. so with, I, you know what? I think you might be telling the truth, so I'm not going to trust myself. I'm going to say you lie. I'm going to say you lie. Come on. I think you just Come said on. that to get me wrong. I, on, I am go. lying. It is a... Yes! And I'm <laughs> capping down mashed potatoes and bit of honey in it. That's I like bit of honey. Come on, I win. I win. Everybody give it up for me You're because amazing. it's about we me. Get it. That's right. That's awesome. <laughs> well, well done. done. Well, great yeah, chance. Yeah. No, I appreciate you trying. You in, fact, in fact, can we do one more? Yeah, yeah, just, please. Yeah, let's just, let's because I've already won, so we might as well play this out because because I right. want to pull out box. I'm going to grab box number five, everybody, and, and actually... We're not going to play this all the way out because I'm not going to risk losing. I've already won. Made the record show sure. that I've won. And you lied and you lost, which, by the way, is what exactly will happen on staff if you lie to me. <laughs> so that said, here's what I want to do. I, I want to pull out this box because I want to get to our point, everybody. Because in this box, you find words like adultery, uh, lust, flirting. And see, the world puts these kinds of words and ideas in the box of lies, and then they feed it to us. Now, Travis, I'm not going to encourage you to do any of these, but, but I'm going to remind you that this is exactly what the world says to us. It, it pulls those words out of the box, and it says, hey, you deserve this. You deserve to be happy. Hey, if your spouse was meeting your needs, you wouldn't have to mess with this. Nobody's really going to know, huh? Hey, God wants you to be happy. This is going to be fun. This is harmless. It's going to be fulfilling. And some of us stare bold face into the eyes of the world, and they deliver that. And we're not sure. We wonder maybe the world's right. Maybe God's word is a box of lies. These are things we got to settle. How do you stay pure? Well, let's talk about it. But first, let's say thank you to Travis Billman, my friend. Come on, That's give it up. up. Thank you, Travis, thank you. for, for thank hanging you. with us. And that was a whole lot of fun. And, and we're going to go get into this conversation together, everybody. We're going to take a few moments to dialogue about these very words. In fact, we'll just pick them one at a time. So if you have your teaching notes across the campuses, why don't you grab your teaching notes and go right to the first thought there. In fact, we're going to put on the screen kind of a fill in the blank. You can grab a pen and we'll follow along and we'll unpack how do you stay pure? What do you have to battle? And the very first thing I think that God's word would teach us and that would be the wisdom for life is outward purity. Everybody say it with me. What kind of purity? Outward purity. Purity. That's number one. Fill in the blank. Kind of jot down your notes. And, and, and an obvious example of that is adultery that's in this box of lies. And, and we all live in the world where the world will stare at us bold face. And the world's going to tell us, listen, you ought to feel special. And let's be honest. Your spouse doesn't make you feel special anymore. In fact, they don't care for you like they once did. It's gotten kind of cold, even in the bedroom. And you deserve to have someone. Hey, God, God has someone else for you. And it's a box of lies. But sometimes we sit across from, from the world's communication and we start wondering, maybe that's true. Maybe the world is speaking the truth, and we wrestle this down. And so, let me just say it right off the top. A moment of honesty. Adultery destroys your life. Maybe you already know it. Maybe you've heard it a hundred times. You just need to hear it again. Adultery destroys your life. Listen, the first thing adultery does is it takes the box of lies and it goes inside you, and you become a box of lies. Hear me. You become a liar. 
You begin to lie to yourself and lie to everyone else. You're going to have to lie to God, lie to yourself, lie to your spouse, and pretty soon lie to everyone else around you. And when you lie to yourself, it undoes you from the inside out. Committing adultery has been proven repeatedly that, that it's kind of like, it's, it's like emotionally, spiritually, relationally, driving down I-85 and pulling into the oncoming traffic. You are going to take yourself out, you're going to take out your whole family, and you're going to take out a whole bunch of other innocent people. In fact, the reason sometimes we need to have the conversation is because right now, nobody else knows, but you're thinking about it. You've listened to the world whisper this box of lies to you, and you're wondering, maybe it's my turn. I've put up with enough. And in God's amazing love for you, he set up this moment for you to recognize or to finally return to what you know is true. It's just a box of lies. Maybe this is the moment God arrests your attention and rescues you from huge regret. You know, what's interesting is the people in Jesus' day kind of recognized, as people do in our day. I don't think it matters that polls are taken and what the collective opinion of people are regarding polls, but I'll just tell you that across America, the, the most recent of polls say that about 93% of people believe that adultery is wrong in every case. Okay, we kind of know that. And the people of Jesus' day knew that, but Jesus didn't leave it right there. In Matthew chapter 5, we have the recording of Jesus' teaching. And he goes beyond adultery to the next. Just listen and I'll read it for you. You have heard that it was said, you shall not commit adultery, but I tell you. So now here's God in human flesh giving us more wisdom for how to stay pure. But I tell you that anyone who looks at a woman lustfully has already committed adultery with her in his heart. Which brings us to the second one. If you're a note taker, jot this down in your notes. Here's the second level, how you win staying pure, inward purity. Just jot it down, inward purity. In fact, really it just means we're gonna, we're gonna take this word here and we're gonna flip it around and, and, and we'll put what we know exists as a, as a temptation in all the world, pretty much all of us. And, and here's what the world's gonna do. The world's gonna open up the box of lies and pull out the word lust. And without flinching, it's going to look at you and tell you, hey, it's okay to look if you don't touch. It's okay. You can window shop as long as you don't buy. In fact, just read it for the articles, <laughs> right? Well, it's not porn. It's art. It's harmless. It'll spice up your love life. And the world continues to feed until we start thinking, you know what? I think they're right. I think maybe God's word is a box of lies. I don't know that I can really believe Jesus. I, I'm not sure it really matters. I think, I think this right here is harmless. To be candid, what we all know is it's become so easy See, when I was a kid in my less than perfect home, when I was younger, we, we, we didn't have the internet, which is kind of terrifying today. But back in the day, it wasn't so easy to get a hold of pornography, to look and, and not touch, so to speak. Man, you, you had to find a friend who had a dad who had a stash of magazines. And then, and then you had to find where his dad hid the stash of magazines. And, and then you had to find him when nobody was around. I mean, that's kind of how you had to do it in the old days. Most of us know what I'm talking about. Not saying it was good, right, or appropriate. I'm just saying most of us know that's how you got to it. You had, to, you had to work to get to it. Nowadays, what makes this terrifying, and we all know this, is that all you have to have is a smartphone, and it is available 24-7 for free at just a few clicks. Nobody's watching. It's harmless. It's just art. It's just you. It's okay. 
And the world whispers this into it, into our lives, into our marriage. And it's hijacking and corrupting our view of sexuality. It is distorting our relationships. It is escalating divorce. We have this stream of filth coming our way. We don't even want to admit how we can be tempted by it or what happens in quiet places or when nobody's looking. But the majority are tempted by this. And there's a real battle going on. And it's a box of lies. It corrupts and undoes the beauty of what God invited us to. No wonder Jesus said, stay pure. Now we all stumble in one form or another when it comes to sin. And perhaps many of us stumble in the serena of lust because it's inward. And nobody else is looking. Nobody else knows what's going on in the mind of the heart. God knows, you know. And that's the very place where God says, strive. Strive to stay pure. And you might even be willing to confess, it is a box of lies. But I stumble here, I struggle here. I've made mistakes, maybe even in adultery. And yet in the midst of that, God would say to you, hey, I've got good news. I've made it possible through the work of Jesus for you to be forgiven and for you to be restored. 2 Corinthians 5 tells us you become a new creation. So even if or when you stumble, don't let that become a lifestyle. Confess it and strive to stay pure. And when you do, the Holy Spirit will indwell you. And when the Holy Spirit indwells you, the good news is he gives you a power that is not your own. And he'll probably bring you right to number three. Everybody check it out. Number three in your notes. Here we go. The number three kind of level thing to help you stay pure is hint of impurity. I want to talk about a hint, a what everybody? A hint of impurity. That's flirting with the box of lies. So I can just kind of take this word right here and we'll flip it around and we'll just confess that there is an arena where you just flirt with immorality. And I bring that from Ephesians chapter five. I want you to listen to this verse. But among you there must not be even a hint of sexual immorality or of any kind of impurity, not even a hint of it. Because these are improper for God's holy people. See, the world is gonna stare at you through the window and they're gonna pull out flirting with sexuality and immorality and they're going to tell you, listen, come on. It's not serious. It's, it's just harmless fun. It's a harmless wink. It's a harmless Facebook post. It's a harmless text. It's a harmless comment. It's a harmless email. It's a harmless dance. Besides, I, I think that person kind of gets me that it's not like it's really going to go anywhere. And what you do with a hint of immorality is this. You pretend something is nothing. Get it? You pretend something is nothing. Oh, it's something. It, it's, like, it's like a little domino. And you pretend that you're doing nothing, but you move ever closer and just a hint of immorality. You just, a little push, a little touch, you just lean in a little, and all you really do is knock over one domino. What's the big deal? You see, a hint of sexual immorality usually leads to knocking down, down dominoes into lust, which often leads to things like adultery, which often blows everything up. And in God's amazing love for us, he designed marriage to be one. He designed for us to have happy, whole, healthy, loving, long-lasting, rewarding relationships. Knowing that we live in an imperfect world and we imperfectly love, but God helps us love. Because we want that long till death do us part from this day forward. That's why he said marriage should be honored by all and the marriage bed kept pure, for God will judge the adulterer and the sexually immoral. As we prepare to close this powerful message, I want to leave you with two things. One in the moment is going to be a prayer, because I want to pray for you specifically. If you're one of the people that filled out one of those cards and you said that was an issue for you as it was for many people, or maybe it is an issue, but you didn't have the courage to write that down or you didn't feel comfortable writing that down, I want to, I want to pray for you. 
But before I do that and pray in just a moment, I, I want to give you four very practical uh, steps if you're struggling. One is to admit the problem, and you might need to admit it to a Christian counselor. You might need to admit it to a good Christian friend. If you're married, I believe that should, my opinion is that should be your spouse. But I want to challenge you to leave here and admit the problem to somebody else. We're going to admit it to God in a moment. If that's an issue, I'm going to give you an opportunity to do that in a prayer time. But I want to challenge you to admit it to another person because a lot of times change begins when you admit the problem and you include someone else so you're not fighting alone. When you're fighting alone, the devil knows that he has an advantage over you. So, so admit the problem. The second thing is to build boundaries around the temptation. Don't be alone with temptation. Some of you are trying to fight a temptation and you keep losing because you keep getting alone with it and it's just not wise to do. And I, I believe building boundaries around that temptation will help you. And, and you're going to have to get, maybe get some help in determining where those appropriate boundaries are and what you need to do. But, but build boundaries is a huge thing. Another thing that I got this from Pastor Kevin Myers is that next time you're struggling with temptation in this area, pull out your phone, pull out your wallet or purse, and look at the pictures of the people that you love. It might be your family. If you're married and have kids, it, it, might, it might be those close to you. But look them right in the eyes because those are the people that are gonna hurt the most if you fail in this area. You're gonna bring pain into their life. And a lot of times people get into problems in this area because they're just thinking about themselves and they're not thinking about those that they're gonna hurt. And so take a look at the pain that's caused when we stumble in this area. And, and then finally, I wanna challenge you, the fourth final thing is to not keep any secrets. Once you've admitted the problem to somebody, and again, if you're married, I believe my opinion is that that should be your spouse in most cases, but include at least one, if not a couple other people. Maybe call them an accountability partner, especially if you're single, bring some people in close that you trust that are Christians that believe in Jesus and they believe in you. And, and don't let there be any secrets. You need to have at least one person in your life, in addition to God, where there are absolutely no secrets that you keep nothing from them. And you don't have to tell everybody everything that's going on in your life, but you need to have somebody that you can tell everything to and they can ask you the hard questions. And then when it's just you and them alone, that you can be completely honest and put it all out there. And so you need that person in your life. If you don't have it, I challenge you to go seek that out. And my hope is in all these things that you will win purity so that you can be freed up to really follow Jesus and live for him without being encumbered by all the things that hold us back from really following him. So unfollow impurity and live for Jesus. Right on. Thanks for joining us at Church Experience Online. Please don't forget to check out the website if you'd like to get more connected, learn more, get your questions answered, or support this movement financially. You're now going to hear a Church Experience Worship original song, and we hope this gives you an opportunity to worship and reflect on what you learned today. the darkest part